it was last Christmas. I gave you my boots. Giving bells, giving chime. <laughs> Have you started listening to Christmas music? No, my dad, though, was like, I have officially started. He walked in one morning from a run and he said, I have something to tell you. I've started, <laughs> I've started listening to Christmas music. And I guess it's that it's, time. It is. Here in this merry month of November, which as we... You say you that, that's why you love November. That is, that is part of the reason for this season. These seasons. Because Christmas time <laughs> is here. Mm-hmm. Christmas time. Have you ever sung that before? <laughs> I love that song. I love that song so much. It's just such a good melody. It's not doing too much so that you can do too much on top of it. We know that's what you're looking for. Uh, you got me. Darlingest, Mumsy, and Popsicle, <laughs> welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. <laughs> and I am Kenyon. And today, I mean, we're going from the stage to the screen and all the way back, okay? <laughs> this is movie musicals. And hold on to your hats and something else, too. <laughs> and luck be a lady. <laughs> Glad tidings to you and your kin. <laughs> We've really leaned in hard to this uh, this Christmas. It's moment. Christmas. <laughs> what about Thanksgiving? Where are the are there Thanksgiving songs or like um, you know activities? You know what we talked about that that in our very first Thanksgiving episode, um, with Sophia. Because Sophia was on our first Thanksgiving episode, Ta-da. and we talked about Quaker songs, simple gifts. Oh, is a gift to be simple. Yes. Is a gift to be free. I probably is said something like, come... "I love that song." <laughs> <laughs> because wait, I do. but tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down where you ought to be. That's true. You didn't know we were giving uh, giving him readings today, but that's all him we're doing readings. on the podcast this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Kenyon, there is a theme of several of our last episodes that I do have to reprise now. Oh. Um, as we lead up to the release of Adele's 30. <laughs> yes, it is coming. I have yet more information for you about 30. <laughs> okay, brilliant, brilliant. Um, we have the time codes. Oh time my goodness. And I think you're going to be very excited. <gasps> give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I need it. 
Okay, number one, Strangers by Nature, 302. Okay. Easy on Me, 344. Right. My Little Love, 629. <laughs> oh my gosh. The face you just made. I am... Okay, I think when we read through the titles, I said My Little Love was maybe going to be a skip for me. Now I am deeply invested. Yeah, now it's the one. Now it's your favorite one. Well... Don't get don't get too don't get too caught up. Uh, um cry your heart out 415. Mm. Oh my god, 345. Okay. That she's giving pop song. Yeah. Can I get it, which is the Max Martin Shellback, 330, and that is pop song of the house down. All right. Famously, I drink wine. <laughs> 616. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a, a a a theatrical journey. It it's is. Good. We're going to really go through time is. and space with that one. <laughs> um, all Night Parking the Interlude with Errol Garner. 241. Come on, 241 Interlude. All right. Okay. Very good. Now, the, now here's, here's where, where we really go for it. Woman Like Me. Five minutes. Mm. Hold on. 606. <sighs> to be loved. 643. Love is a game. 643. <laughs> I love this. I hope this starts a new trend. I Five, really six-minute songs on one album. She better work. I'm well. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that because she better work. Well, I mean, I'm I I'm I'm here for length in all things, not in all things, in <laughs> most things. And, but you are <laughs> you are more on the on the the short side. The short side. Concision, economy. No, I like a lot. Like, I like a completed form. Let me say that. <laughs> and this to me is giving the song wasn't over. And I like that. I feel it. And I, I actually, th- I can see myself through the winter being like, okay, I have to like walk to whatever place I'm going to listen to, you know, my little love. And that's going to get me from here to there. You know, wow. like I, I can see it coming. It's gonna get you from here to there. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited. I hope that people I just love I I like spending time in the thing. Yeah. So that I can feel it, please. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I hope that other people I don't know, maybe this will give people like more license to do that. Cause it is kind of frowned upon like in pop circles. It's like, who's really going to listen to your six and a half minute song? But it's like, right. well, Adele just put out five of them. So, <laughs> well, it, it it does really seem to be giving a balance of like epic song with you know, oh my god, and can I get it? Can I get it? Why well, I keep <laughs> saying can I get it and thinking um, that Pharrell song, come get it, Bay. <laughs> 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 I I wish better things for this song. Wow. I like that song with Miley. I'm not commenting. <laughs> <to say. laughs> oh. Okay, that's exciting. I feel like we're probably gonna end up talking about length a lot this episode. I agree. I see that coming <laughs> for us. I do. 
Oh well, Kenyon, I mean, moments in, in terms of moments for the world, there was a true moment for this world last week. What was it? You clown, what we're talking about today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 That's, um, I really did forget the theme of this episode, actually. <laughs> fully. The reason for the season, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we sat down for our little planning meeting. Oh, yeah. And as if on cue, <laughs> the greatest news <laughs> entered from stage left. Announced. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you haven't heard by now, I, I question what news sources you prioritize in your life. Yeah. Um, but mm. there will be a Wicked movie. And it will be starring none other than Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande. <laughs> that is so right, Kenyon. It's so right. I'm sure, I think I've said even on this podcast, there may even be be recordings of me saying that it should be Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande. You're always here ahead of the curve. And I love that about me. That's my favorite <laughs> thing about myself. <laughs> it's going to be jaw-dropping. I'll want to pause it while watching, but also I won't be able to. Right. Oh my gosh. It's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be so, it's going to be so good. I, it's going to be so good because here's my thing. The thing about Wicked, the story is not, who cares? Oh, oh, okay. Like, the thing that's going to be amazing about the Wicked movie is not like, wow, the story was so compelling. <laughs> like, that's not... No one's going to be like, ooh, wow. The story... Like, when Dr. Dilliman turned into a goat, that really got me together. <laughs> like, you know, that's not the point. <laughs> I'm sure that whoever the person was who wrote the book that got turned into the musical <laughs> is rolling over... Well, maybe he's not dead. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, cut this. Just rolling. <laughs> I'm sure whoever wrote the book is would be unpleased to hear that. Well, I've never read the book, but the book is supposed to be giving Cookie crazy. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but the, it's, I mean... Wicked has like really gone all kinds of ways also in the in the zeitgeist. You know, yeah. it was like it was blockbuster, it was you've got to see it and then it became at a certain point played out. And I remember I like I kind of <laughs> fell into that for a moment there. It was like, "Uh, I've heard enough of Wicked. Stop singing those songs." <laughs> enough, enough. Literally Everyone enough. stop. Enough. The thing is, it's really good. The music is actually brilliant. Exactly. And that's what, that's what it is at the end of the day. I did, all these people are not kiki-ki about Wicked because the story is so moving. <laughs> it's because the, the characters are familiar. It's like a creative reimagining work. And this, the music is stunning. And so having these two... I mean, the greatest we have to offer, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's why it's so good. is because these are the greatest talents that we have to <laughs> offer. And it is only right that they would be in the movie. 
It's going to be so good. I mean, I'm like, and because the story is, is not the focus, I'm really not worried or even thinking about too much, like the acting of it all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. It's like, exactly. I'll be going from song to song, taking what I need as I go along. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. And so anyway, with that as kind of the backdrop, but also what we're looking forward to, we thought that we'd take time today to kind of go back, go back in time and through time and just look at the, the genre of the movie musical. Um, where, is it, where has it been? Where is it headed? Yeah. I, famously, a favorite genre of mine. <laughs> what is the earliest like movie musical that you can remember in your life? Um, okay, well, here, let's be clear about our terms. Oh, thank you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking primarily about stage musicals that are turned into movies. Absolutely. Movie adaptations of stage musicals. Because I would say the the first movie musical that I remember, like, the first movie that is a musical mm. that I remember seeing and latching onto, honestly, very topical, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, we used, my dad used to have it on, well, I don't know if it was like his copy, but we would like, <laughs> we would watch it with my dad on VHS. <laughs> um, that's like OG for me. And then of course I've talked about before the little mermaid mm, mm-hmm. is really the one for me Yeah, and was the one for me growing up. Yeah. I think like. Earliest, earliest movie that is also a musical is Prince of Egypt for me, which is like, of course, of course, you know, I, that's all I talk about. Um, but I think like earliest stage musical that it was adapted, mm-hmm. tie between Oliver and <gasps> Sound of Music. Oh, that's interesting. I've never seen Oliver. It's, I mean, it's good, or at least <laughs> three-year-old me thought it was great. Work. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it was, it was probably Hairspray. Oh, wow. And now that is good. (laughs) Like that is a, I mean, this is what we're going to get to the bottom of today is what makes a good movie adaptation of a musical. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Which Um, is kind of like hard to judge without having seen both the musical and the adaptation, to be honest. I actually don't agree. Oh. I don't agree, but we'll, I mean, we'll get into it okay, today. very good. <laughs> so we each watched, I mean, we've seen many. It's my favorite genre, famously. <laughs> um, but we decided for today we would each watch four new ones. Well, four that we had not seen before. Which are, let's see, what are they? Um, okay, starting most recently uh, mm-hmm. with In the Heights. In the Heights, 2021. And then moving kind of backwards in time just a little bit. The prom. <laughs> yes, the prom last year. Um, then taking a bit of a larger jump. <laughs> just, just a slight larger of jump. Of 50 years. <laughs> to Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> and then Guys and Dolls. Right. 1955. 
which I have to admit, just before we get too far, I didn't actually finish watching it because life happens, you know? Well, then life occurs. <laughs> Love that song. Um, where would you like to start? With which of these four? How we start our analysis? I think I, we should start with something that's fresh in the mind of, of the culture, as it were. Okay. With In the Heights. Within the Heights. Great. So this is where I would say... Well, maybe... Well, there'll be so much to say. <laughs> Starting with well, the They'll just save it all for later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually won't. I don't have anything to say. You go ahead. <laughs> I think that in the high... Here, okay. I watched it. I famously am very familiar with In the Heights already. Um, and... Here, here's where I think there is a pitfall in the movie adaptation of the stage musical. Mm. Um, remember a couple years ago when I was obsessed with watching Fences and I couldn't yes. stop watching Fences over and over and over yes. again? There's some, like, when I see a stage, a play, a musical on as a, a movie, I just want to see the musical. You know what I mean? Like... I think optimally the best movie musicals take the show, put it on screen, like make everything real, like give, put everything in like three dimensions, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't need more than that. You know what I like the reason why it was good already. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I think to take it and then to be like, Oh, well now we're in a movie. So we're going to like, do everything times 10 and like really show you that we're in a movie, I think for me is not going to be the successful choice. I'm extremely there with you. Um, there's like a spectacle to musical theater, right? Like it's yeah. lights, it's costumes, it's people singing what they should just be saying or keeping to themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. and, and not saying at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's spectacle, but like, in any good musical, like, the music is telling the story. Like, the spectacle yeah. is part of the story. And that was one thing that, like, I felt was missing from some of the added spectacle of In the Heights. It was like, we're cutting all over the place. And we've got everyone doing dance steps that we can't even actually really see because we cut too far fast off of them. And yeah. the colors are so bright. But, like, what is this about? Yeah, for me, like, when I think about, like... The original West Side Story, when I think about Funny Girl, when I think about, honestly, Hairspray, that, like, the, the grandeur of the musical numbers is matched in the dialogue. Like, is matched in the, like, even if someone, is, if people are not singing, like, it still is that bright, huge, technicolor, like, mm -hmm. enormous, grand scale. And I think in the Heights cut too hard in both ways. I think the the musical numbers were so huge. It was unbelievable. It was like, <laughs> this is the most extravagant <laughs> thing that I've seen in my life. There are 200 people dancing and we aren't even looking at them because there's something else more interesting going on and how is that possible? But then it's like, it's Anthony Ramos and the fucking lawyer or the accountant or whoever <laughs> sitting in the in the bodega and it's like the tiniest scene in the world and so it's it's this like whiplash of 
the most people you've ever seen dancing in the middle of the street. And then it's like a close up on two people in a boat. It just like was not when we weren't in a musical number, it felt like a small, tiny, indie, intimate movie. Mm. And just the whiplash between that and the musical numbers was not, it was not right for me. I very, I very much feel that. Especially the part about like, I can't even look at this, the hundred dancers because that's not what we're supposed to be looking at. Right? Like, because we yeah, cut off of there's that, because there's like, it was like an information overload for me. Um, in not like a, oh my gosh, this is so grand, but in a like, turn down the volume. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm oversaturated. Yeah. And that it felt like, it felt like with, with each big musical number that there was a new trick. There was a new, mm. like, first in the opening number, it's the people dancing, but they're dancing in the reflection. Then right. in Breathe, it's... She's singing, but then she's seeing herself as a child in It Won't Be Long Now. She's <laughs> it's she's running out in the street, and then it's in her eye because it's in her mind all along. <laughs> in Nomadiga, it's the heads that are turning on the wall. <laughs> in 96,000, it's a Kaiser Permanente commercial all of a sudden. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's too, too many tricks. There were some tricks that I really did appreciate or that I thought were pulled off got pulled off really well like mm -hmm. um when they're walking on the side of the building so i thought that was great i thought that was great and actually very successful yeah i thought paciencia y fe was amazing <laughs> that got me together that got me together <laughs> yeah and i was along yeah. for the ride girl yeah both of those actually both of those are really high points um and like they weren't doing I, both of those numbers actually weren't doing that much. Like they just yeah. lay like let the song take a bit more of a front seat, be driving yeah. some things. Then I'll also say, um, Alabanza, when the people were with the candles in the street, that also I was choked up. Mm, mm. I was choked up then. Mm. So it's like there was a lot of it that was successful. Like I just think it was cranked a little too high. I mean, okay, what is successful? Like, there were so many moments, many more moments, I think, in in uh, in the Heights than, like, in, say, Fiddler in the Roof for me when I was, like, I, like, you know when your skin gets all tingly and it's, like, you yeah. are, fe you're, mm -hmm. like, I'm feeling, I'm being, I'm being made to feel. And that happened a bunch of times in, in the Heights for me, but it was in this very, yeah. like, I'm, I know that I'm being manipulated way. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't like. It was, it just... It felt like I was being played. Yeah. In um in It Won't Be Long Now, when she's when the huge like the bolts of fabric are coming over the buildings and she's running down the street. That I was like, that really choked me up. Uh-huh. Until it was <laughs> in her eye. <laughs> then I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> It's like, you think that I'm a child. You think I don't understand that that was her seeing her future dream, whatever. It just is like, yeah. Again, cranks crank too hard. That's a good question to ask about all of them, honestly. It's like, how far is too far? How much is too much? Yeah. I Well, I think another question is, 
I think ultimately what I found least successful about In the Heights was that it was... And again, there was a lot of it that was great. So much. It was it was trying to do a few too many things. So even, even as I'm saying like, oh, the big musical numbers are contrast too much with like the really intimate interpersonal scenes, both of those are really successful. Like I think the big, huge, you know, 500 people dancing in a pool was great. <sighs> it was fun to watch. As well as like, some of the scenes between Nina and her dad were like really intense and like really taking me there. Mm. It just was, I couldn't settle into the movie because it felt like I was watching a couple of different movies at once. Yeah. I mean, and I feel what you're saying. I feel like the, the strengths that you just pointed out, like come out because of the strength of the story that is being told. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a, it's a good story. Like, Honestly, work Lin-Manuel for putting this together. Um, <laughs> no, this won't be the Hamilton episode. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but the movie like didn't, didn't come to support the story. You know, it came to capitalize. Felt yeah. like. Well, it, it makes me want to move into what I think will be my true hot take of this episode. Uh, okay. Which is around the prom. <laughs> I'm terrified. I actually terrified of what you're going to say well here's my thing about the prom i like i remember receiving a lot of hate when it came out maybe not hate but just a lot of people being like mm, no this isn't the one like don't watch this whatever and i think there is a a large James Corden shaped <laughs> issue that we will discuss. But I think the prom ultimately was more successful than in the Heights because I think that it was very clear what it was trying to accomplish. And I think it did a great job of pulling you into that and keeping you there. I'll definitely concede that I was pulled. I was yanked around, <laughs> but I, I also did not stay there. In fact, <laughs> I, the, the, so the reason why I, I did not finish watching all the movies, why I didn't watch all of Guys and Dolls is because on the night that I was supposed to watch The Prom, I got an hour into it and I said, that's enough. <laughs> and I said, I'll be saving this for tomorrow. <laughs> and so threw off my whole groove, my whole schedule. Threw off my groove. It's, it's something about it <laughs> made my stomach turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's what I think about the prom. Is that it's, it honestly reminded me a lot of Hairspray. Because it's, you know, it's giving, uh, like, the problem is homophobia, right? The problem is racism. As mm -hmm. in, the problem is not getting solved inside of this two-act musical. Right. Um, and so instead, that to me says, okay, don't check in in, like, a true way. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't come to this movie expecting, like, a story of... Realness. That, that, realness. 
Instead, it's fun. It's a fun little, like, we get to touch on some themes. All the characters are going to be, you know, caricatures of tropes. And... (laughs) Of stereotypes. Well, and we should get, we should get to that. (laughs) But, like, it is, it's for fun. It's for fun. And in and there was there were never there was never really a point in the prom that I did not feel like, oh, we're just doing we're having fun. It's okay. Like we're just doing it for fun. We're not trying to like make a, a grand point. Like none of the the takeaways of it are so, you know, uniquely made. None of, you know, it's they're in the middle of Indiana, there's some homophobia going on. These caricature Broadway people come in. They think everyone's a bigot. That's also not true. It's like, you know, we know the story. We get it. We get it. We're poking fun at everybody. We get it. In the end, the girls are going to kiss and they're going to have a prom. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I... I after reading the description about what it was about, it was not like coming here to, you know, have your mind changed, to really think critically and engage. It was like, no, I'm watching, well, I'm watching a musical. Yeah. Um, it just like, the pieces didn't fit. Like, it wasn't just <laughs> that it wasn't, you know, I, it wasn't all deep or whatever. It was like the, the, the things are half-baked. Like, I think an element that was really popping out for me while watching all of these was how is the music handled from, like, a technical perspective? Like, are they really trying to make you believe that they're singing in, in that scene? Is it okay if you think that this is a overdub? Is it, you know, done in post mm. moment? Do you... How... how how did they marry these two elements, right? Which is like a critical piece of making a movie musical. Yes. And for the music just like sat on top of everything. There was something about the way the voices were mixed that were like, it was like, okay. well, this is just, this is the cast recording. And I'm Work. not like, don't open your mouth. You're <gasps> like, you're not singing. Not not like, <laughs> not you, Drew. <laughs> don't open your mouth. <laughs> But you on screen, like, don't even, just, like, don't bother, like, trying to look like you're singing. Because you're clearly not right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was really, that could have been very harsh of me to say. And it's not like, you know, Meryl Streep's in this movie. I love Meryl Streep. Nicole Kidman's in it. (laughs) James Corden's also in it. Like, people... People are here. People are giving performances, especially Meryl Streep. I feel like she really made, she knows how to take scenes and make, take not scenes and make them scenes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a cliche at this point, but it is wild what (laughs) she can take and really make something out of. And she's singing of all the people. I She's singing of everybody in the musical. She's singing. Oh, I'll say the little girl playing Emma was singing the house down. She was singing okay, the, the little notes. Girl. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. I would would this really makes me think about is 
how we are casting how we are casting the movie musical, mm. which I think really will bring us back to Wicked, and also is in contrast to In the Heights. Mm-hmm. That In the Heights is not star-studded. Everyone's a celebrity, right? As opposed to thinking about the prom or hairspray or dream girls or guys and dolls, guys and dolls, which we'll get to next. Um, and I think that that also like, I think that that's a, an important thing to consider. If, if the musical is going to be, if the movie is going to be cast with true stars, the house down, or if it's giving something else, if it's giving, you know, lesser knowns. Right. Um, and again, I think that what was really successful about this, what I found to be successful about it was like, I don't, I don't, it just was, I think part of it being all of these very famous people was like, I don't know, this sounds, contradic- this sounds contradictory. Part of it being, I, I think that if if they were not as famous, I would have a greater expectation for the quality to be really high. No, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But because they were very famous people, it was like, work, I'm, we're just watching a thing with famous people in it, and it's silly, and it's a romp, and whatever. I feel that. I think that also goes with the subject matter, like... Yeah. About like, oh, here are these Broadway quote unquote stars mm-hmm. while you're watching actual stars. You know, it, it's commenting on celebrity, right? And so like, yeah. you got to cast some celebrities to, to, to make the meta comment. Yeah. And I think part of the point of the movie musical, and I, yeah, I think part of the point of the movie musical is to take a thing that had theater people, Broadway people in it, and to put shiny, beautiful, superhuman, unreal celebrities in it instead. <laughs> Part of me is like, absolutely, yes. But like looking at what's happening on Broadway, like some things are also like that on Broadway, where it's just like, this is a star sure. vehicle for so-and-so. Or we're doing a Chicago revival, and so we're just going to bring in big names to fill the house. Sure. You know, like... So I... I I don't know. That can be something that like transfers from the, from the stage to the screen as well. I think. I hear that. I I think that also brings us to the elephant in the room. Goodness, who is James Corden? Yeah, it just was hard to look at. Really difficult. Well, before we get into it, I'll say one thing, which is that there is one person in this show who had a Tony. There was one person cast in this movie. <laughs> who is a Tony Award winner. And guess who it is? James <laughs> motherfucking Corden. <laughs> Why would you expose the Tonys like that? Well, <laughs> I'm just here to let you know. <laughs> now, honestly, I love James Corden in other things. Catch me That's at, interesting. Catch me at a carpool karaoke. I'm an early fan of that, honestly. Not me you know he's I'm won like ten fan. Emmys for that, <laughs> and that That's is a, crazy. It, it's a it, it was a good idea. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. Um, but you know, in it, he's in this. He's playing like 
this like gay, you know, Broadway celebrity who grew up in yeah. Ohio and was disowned by his parents and, you know, eventually made it. And now he's like kind of back in the Midwest and contending with, he didn't get to go to his own prom, et cetera. Um, but I like, he didn't, I like found it really difficult to sympathize, even though <laughs> like that should be my character. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What is interesting and difficult is that, and I know this because Danny was telling me that the person who originated the part on Broadway, like that, that character is written to be that actor. Gotcha. Whose name is Brooks Ashmanskis. Well, sing Brooks. Um, and so like, there certainly is a lot of like, I'm not going to sit up here and say, Oh, Kiki Ki, I didn't think that the the James Corden of it all was cuckoo. I did. It was cuckoo. It was hard to watch. But uh, like a harder to watch than the gayness was the American accent. Because the accent was all <laughs> over the place. The accent was absolutely all over the place. Um and what I kept thinking about, we've talked about this on the podcast before, I kept thinking about Eric Stone Street on Modern Family. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I kept being like, yeah. More than, more than being specifically upset about James Corden doing it, I was like... This just is a character that, like, we as a society feel is just accessible at hand, easy to play, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> You're displeased. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, uh, gayness, queerness was treated, like, all kinds of interesting ways throughout the prom in some like some poignant moments too. Like I'm recalling yeah. Carrie Washington plays the mom of like the student body president, I think who, yeah. and, and, you know, she is like on the PTA and anti-gay, et cetera. And there's this moment at the end where they're reconciling or falling out, or sometimes it's both where, <laughs> Carrie Washington to her daughter's like, I just didn't want your life to be hard. And the daughter's like, my life is hard already. And I said, that That's is real. Yeah. That is real. <laughs> but it was so striking because nothing else up until that point had made me say that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, and I think it's, it's James Corden's character that lets you kind of almost write off what the show is about. Like, hmm. like this is about gay people going to prom and et cetera and homophobia. And yes, it's, we're not going to solve this in this show. Right. But the way that his character is this like super accessible, like you're saying stereotype that is then caricatured and then made even more weird by the fact that it's like, you're not even like your accent. It's just like, nothing is, nothing's right. It's just like, well, we'll just throw away that. (laughs) We'll just throw away that topic. Even that's what the show is about. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I think Bill somehow. It got you. I, it didn't get me, but I, <laughs> between In the Heights and The Prom, if I had to pick one to model the Wicked movie after, mm. I would say The Prom. Wow. And I'm shocked because I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm worried because, well, <laughs> the director of the Wicked movie is famously John Chu, who did The Nights. So, right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, how massive, like, Defying Gravity is going to Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> Please. Spare me. Uh, um, I'm frightened. Wow. I think it's time to journey even further back in time. Okay, great. Um, to Fiddler on the Roof. Now, let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> how have I never seen this before? Me neither. How? how? It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And this is a movie that... Now, let me also say this. And I say this about every movie now because it's true about every movie now. Every movie nowadays is 20 minutes too long. And I would say that's especially true of In the Heights. It was 20 minutes too long. And I know they cut stuff from the musical. And still, I'm like, this is too long. It's too long. Now, Fiddler on the Roof, three hours, and I would never, never have noticed. I am so right there with you. We're finally talking about length. I would never have noticed. It's so good and long. It, like, lets you sit yeah. in it. And even the way it's shot, it's, like, not shot with all these cuts. It's not giving fast choreography, but, like, did any of the people actually dance it? Or was it 17 different cuts stitched together? <gasps> it's like, <laughs> let me just put the camera here and we'll watch. Yeah. The 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 scenery. We'll watch this number unfold. Yeah. Almost like you're looking at the stage. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and that's my thing. Like, if it was successful as a musical, then I don't need to be upside down in bird's eye view. Like, if you if it happens successfully on stage, we don't need to do all of that stuff. I feel like it's even almost like the opportunities are on the opposite side to like the camera lets you be more intimate. Like yeah. the grandeur is taken care of. Like, just put a camera there and, like, do the play. But if, yeah. but you have more opportunity in a movie to, like, make tinier moments feel more intimate, like, zoom into them, which you can't do theatrically, you know? Like, you've got a stage full of people, your eyes can't be everywhere, but, like, you have these chances with the camera to, like, take something that might have been overlooked and just, like, let it have its time instead of like complicating the things that were already complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just is like, it just was so good. It really took its time. It was like, I, I think, and this sounds kind of simple, but I think the, the greatest gift of taking a stage musical and putting it on screen is that you can actually put everything into its physical location. Mm. 
Like we don't have to like pull on a couch and now this is a bedroom and then oop and now here comes a counter and now we're at a restaurant, right? Like you can actually put things where they are. Mm-hmm. And Fiddler to me felt like I th- the movie is kind of famous for being almost exactly the original like the this book of the musical um and it's like we're doing it we're just doing it on location like that's what i wanted that's what i wanted to be i wanted to be we're doing it we're just doing it on location yeah like that to me is what is effective about about uh, chicago about mm. hairspray like about these really excellent about hello dolly like these really excellent movie musicals just take the material and put it in in the place and then let it speak for itself because it already does like it already is affected it doesn't need gassing to get to a new place it already is a great thing i'm very much i'm very much there with you um i especially liked how they treated the music how the music interfaced with what we were seeing on screen which is like something you can do in in a movie that you can't do when you're on stage is decouple those things. And like in the prom, I was kind of saying they were decoupled in like a negative way. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in Fiddler, you get all these moments, not all these, but there's some, a recurring um, kind of scene is like Tevia, our main character is having these talks with God and also internal talks. Right. Yes. Yes. And there are times when, Tevia starts singing and we don't see the character on screen mouthing the words. It's like, oh, this is happening inside of your mind. Like the singing is happening inside. And that's like a beautiful way to decouple these things that like, and still make it magical, you know, and still make it and not hit you over the head with, (laughs) with like, ooh, special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess it's also a question of like, you know, what lent, like, Filler on the Roof does not lend itself to special effects, right? In mm. the same way that, that Wicked might. But I would also say that, I would say that about In the Heights. Like, I wouldn't say that In the Heights is like the special effects story. And yet here we were with all the special effects. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, separately, in Fiddler, the girls were singing. Absolutely. The girls were singing. Absolutely. Matchmaker, that was good. <laughs> now that was good. I I mean, of the what we're talking about, I think also Fiddler just has my favorite music. Like, yeah. Sunrise, sunset, like, you're not gonna not cry. What do you mean? Like, you're like <laughs> it's just good music. Like, this is just good. Yeah. I love ooh, I loved it. I can I can't believe I've never seen it before. Uh, it like really scratches the like the itch that I the reason why I love long things well I feel like I've said this now 50 times just in this episode <laughs> is because I like sitting in them and I like that feeling because it's like let me not be anxiously rushing through this Let like yeah. if, if you want me to see this then give me the space and time to see to be with this yeah Um, and it feels like sometimes audiences and movie makers are like are like not 
are like scared of that. Like, actually, don't look too close. <laughs> like, <laughs> rush it past. Yeah. And there are so many very moments in frantic. Very that. So many moments in Fiddler where it's like, this is a beautiful landscape. And that's kind of what I'm yeah. supposed to be seeing right now. And that's great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really taken by how it didn't feel long. Mm. And that's really incredible. That the that movies that were shorter felt longer. <laughs> felt longer. <laughs> A good time dilation. Very that. And also, like, I mean, while we're talking about music, like me sitting here saying the prom I thought was a more successful movie than In the Heights, I think it's very funny because In the Heights is an infinitely better show. Like it's an <laughs> infinitely better musical, better story, better music. Like it's all better. It's much better. Um, <laughs> but I think that's part of the, like, the trick of the movie. Mm-hmm. The trick of the movie. The trick. I wonder where they will bring it back to Wicked. What started, what started this all. Like, yeah. where... You're talking about setting. Where is this going to be set? This is, like, yeah. a fantasy moment. How are they going to position it well, in I'm, space? And the, okay, so this I think brings us back to In the Heights. I think that In the Heights, being on stage, putting a bodega on stage is a benefit because the stage is bigger than a bodega. Mm. Are you following? <laughs> <laughs> and so there are moments that on stage don't feel cramped because they are on stage and not literally physically in mm. a cramped apartment, right? Not literally in a cramped bodega. And so I also think about like, like Wicked, like Popular is in a a dorm room. <laughs> and so how does that, you know, what do what yeah. happens with that? Or or also that like Defying Gravity, I think is a great question. Like, obviously in Defying Gravity, Alphabet is supposed to be Defying Gravity, but do I want to see like Cynthia Revo up like a seven forty seven? Flying through the clouds. <laughs> right, like 50,000 feet in the air. No, like it, it It still needs to be big but contained. Like that is a, a hard balance that I think that I think the prom and Fiddler and Guys and Dolls mm. get out of because simply by nature of the setting that they are in. Whereas In the Heights and perhaps Wicked that might be a tougher, a tougher spot. Like, you know, One Short Day is obviously going to be the most incredible sequence that I've seen in my entire life, obviously. Clearly. But, you know, where does uh, As Long As Your Mind happen, you know? I think yeah. there are some, there's some question marks. Or No Good Deed, even. Yeah, like, like where... If that feels like it's inside, like, I feel like that puts a damper on all the energy of that song. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so sorry. I just started to think about Cynthia Rivas singing <laughs> No Good Deed. <laughs> it will be, see, that's what's gonna, it's gonna be unprecedented. Yeah. It's going to be equal, it's gonna be equally as iconic as the original. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have Unless whole- we forget that in the original, 
Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel already were icon legend, the moment, the girls. Thank you. And then, and then, they gave us more than we could have ever wanted. <laughs> you could have all you ever wanted. But it's Ariana. But that's Ariana. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's Ariana. <laughs> it's going to be great. And that's right. It's going to be great. That's right. Okay, to wrap up with Guys and Dolls, which I think actually is giving the equivalent. <laughs> really? In terms of casting. I think it's... Whoa, whoa, I think... Whoa. <laughs> I think Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando is the equivalent of casting Cynthia Rebo Wait, and that Ariana actually might Grande be true. <laughs> in Wicked. Like, it is... <laughs> Okay, here's what's interesting about the Guys and Dolls movie. Is that there are two people, I think this is right, there are two people who are from the original Broadway cast who are Nicely Nicely Work. and Adelaide. Ah. And that really checks out to me because Adelaide is singing the girls under the table. <laughs> and in fact, little Miss Sarah Brown... I hate to say it, flop, Ugh, cut. Oh, she no. is not giving to me in this movie. I didn't get to hear her sing. Well, you are very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide is serving. She's singing. She's really, she's the one making it happen. Um, Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando are great. That Marlon Brando... Yeah. <clears throat> so gorgeous. It is not right. It's not even okay. It's... <laughs> I feel bad about it. <laughs> it's you know what great. I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy! <laughs> but it is like, I do understand when they said that the, he was a heartthrob, and I said, my heart. Yeah, he's really the one. He's really and he's one. also acting. Like, of anybody, as at least, you know, the 45 minutes that I saw of this th <laughs> three-hour moment, so. Mm -hmm. um, he's acting. He's, yeah. like, re it's really... Well, he's famously, actually, a very good actor. <laughs> famously a, an amazing actor. Um, he's acting. Frank is singing. And so I feel like they have the they bring a great balance mm. of Frank Sinatra's the acting is a little but the singing is amazing and I'd say with Marlon Brando the acting is amazing and the singing is tenuous. But ultimately it's successful because they're they are famous and bring the charm to the movie. Feel it. Whereas yeah. if it had just been some somebody and not necessarily, you know, not necessarily. Like, Barbara does Funny Girl and then is in Funny Girl and wins an Academy Award, right? So, like, it, <laughs> not to paint with too broad a brush. <laughs> Just of all examples to choose. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> um, they bring that, like, that Rat Pack energy, that, like... Yeah. We know we're in. We trust these guys. They're like, it. It really clinches you into the 
the ethos of the movie mm. in a way that I think ultimately Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande are going to be more successful than like a very talented but lesser known, you know, theater actress. I feel that. Our familiarity with celebrities, I think, does something that stage actors get to do, which is be human beings in front of us, you know, and charm yeah. us. Like, there's a showmanship to being on a physical stage and being like, look at me. Like, let me get you to look at yeah. me. Which, like, you can kind of lose with the screen, but maybe gets replaced or compensated for by, like, I'm a celebrity that you already know. And so I've already got, I've already charmed you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the with the type of part, right? Mm. That like um and maybe it has to maybe this is just a youth thing. Like I'm thinking about Nikki Blonsky and Hairspray being someone that we didn't know. I'm thinking about the girl who played Emma in The Prom being mm-hmm. someone that we didn't know. Um and we didn't watch this movie because we couldn't bring ourselves to pay to watch it, but Oh, goodness. I'm thinking about Dear Evan Hansen being so <laughs> unsuccessful. And, yeah, just that, like, that Ben Platt as, like, someone who came out of, not came out, like, was doing movies and Broadway, but, like, really, like, yeah. rose on this Broadway role, but then is put in the movie, and it's, like, none of the charm, none of the allure of him like carries through in the movie. Um, yeah, it does not always pull through. It does not always deliver the way that That's that real. it might on stage. That's real. Um, in my mind, the opening like sequence to guys and dolls is playing, is playing against the swimming pool scene in, in the Heights. <laughs> yeah. 96,000. <laughs> and it's like, like story is happening in the opening number mm-hmm. of guys and dolls. Like you are figuring out that it's about cons. You're figuring out about like what New York city is at this time. Like there yeah. is, there are many arcs that are all like nonverbal. It's giving body comedy. It's, yeah. it's like, but you gotta be paying attention to figure out what, like you're going to miss stuff if you don't pay attention. There's yeah. so much of like what feels like choreography, especially 96,000 is just like, well, I just don't actually have to watch. Like this is not essential. Right. This isn't saying anything yet to me. Right. Or maybe I'm just, I'm, I just missed it. Maybe it was saying a ton. Maybe you're not seeing it. And I missed it all. <laughs> yeah. I think there is something about like, I mean, this is what I really love about musical theater at that time in the middle of the 20th century is is the balletic level to it. Work you will balletic. later watch <laughs> um you'll later watch the uh crap shooters ballet. Mm. And that's like I just love that. And I love when it happens in Carousel and when it happens in Oklahoma. Like I just love like brilliantly beautiful and physical I mean, it's ballet is what it is. Um, But like choreography that is literally telling a story as opposed to, I don't know, how how would you describe the choreography of of a lot of what we see in Hamilton? I mean, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh no. Um, 
It's just giving like hands and arms. It's giving handography. <laughs> And like the the power comes from like all these people are doing these steps in sync, but then it's like, like could they just be like waving a hello goodbye in sync? Like could they just be like not? I'm not saying that like the dancing that they're doing in in the heights doesn't take skill and craft. That right? Goodness knows I do not have. And goodness knows. Thank you. But the motions themselves carrying the content of the story yeah i just didn't get it i just that wasn't there for me yeah i guess it's more like it's more of a a setting the time and place Mm. but i guess in a different way like like in guys and dolls it's setting time and place is like by physically showing a story as opposed to like setting a vernacular does that make sense Okay, I'll buy it. And okay, now I'm thinking about In the Heights, like there's the full carnival. And like, okay, the movements in that are giving vernacular, right? They are in that way, keying you into like the language of of these people. Um, Yeah. But somehow it was just less watchable than like the same thing at the wedding ceremony in Fiddler on the Roof when you're like, I will just watch you do this. You just put bottles on your head and I want to see this. (laughs) Yeah. And that scene is so compelling. It's so compelling. It's so good. And I mean, ultimately, to bring it back to Wicked. Thank you. Wicked is not the dancing show. This is true. So it'll, it'll be, it'll just be very interesting to watch. I think if anything, Wicked is the singing show. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Wicked is the singing show. Wicked (laughs) is the singing show. (laughs) And that's why when they casted Cynthia and Ariana, they made the best choice that they could have ever made. They made the best choice they could have made. Well, I think that just about <laughs> wraps it up. <laughs> I do think that we have to, we've got to leave a little binary here. Um, this is unjust, what I'm about to say. <laughs> Don't. It's, it's Don't. cruel and it's unusual. It and is. Constitutionally, I could be held in contempt of something. Ariana or Cynthia? Indian, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? You're supposed to make a choice. Oh. And respect. <laughs> I can't even finish that. I'm, I'm reminded of... Um, <laughs> of when Xavier was on the podcast and we had him do that bracket and it seemed very early on like Ariana was going to beat all of the black women. Yes. And... <laughs> He felt very stuck. (laughs) Um, I've actually only seen one of these two people live. Whoa. And that would be Cynthia Erivo. I also will mention only one of these people is a two-time Oscar nominee. (laughs) And that, once again, is Miss Cynthia Erivo. You think she'll win an Oscar for this? No way, right? I mean, if John... Jew <laughs> does what is good and right, there is a chance. Then you're right. 
a definition chance. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. I think I'm going... Yeah, no, I have to go Cynthia. I just remember... I'm imagining Ariana in Seven Rings, and so I have to go Cynthia. <laughs> is the truth. <laughs> well, now that you've put that image in my mind, there's nothing that I can do but agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I just like imagine Ariana singing the ABCs versus Cynthia singing the ABCs. And it's like, oh no. But I now imagine Ariana between Cynthia and Ariana. Imagine someone's first line in the movie being fellow Aussians. <laughs> <laughs> like Ariana's winning that fight 10 times out of 10. 10 times out of 10, Ariana is winning that mashup. That match okay, okay. Fellow Aussians, <laughs> let us be glad. <laughs> like, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so Jerome, good. we've got to start planning I'm... our party of, like, how we're going to watch it, how we're going to pregame it, how we're going to debrief it now. Because... Yeah, a movie that fully is coming out in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning. Sending out invites tomorrow. <laughs> um... Okay, well, my binary for you is your binary, but of 70 years ago. <laughs> my binary for you oh. is Marlon Brando versus Frank Sinatra. Oh, I didn't think this was going to be that hard. When you first said <laughs> it, I was like, oh, it's easy it's going to be. And then I said, what's it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> I mean, oh my God, Frank. I do like Frank Sinatra singing. I do. I know. And he's giving I, this like... Oh, go for it. Just to table, table this for a conversation that we'll have to have at a different time. Okay. I know that you won't want to have it, but we oh, will no. be having it probably at the end of this month. Um, Frank Sinatra is one of four musical acts who has won three Album of the Year Grammys. What? Yes. Only four acts have done it. Wow. And Who are the I other fear three? That, I fear that one of the other three is going to, is about to leap out ahead. But that's all. It's, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's a <laughs> conversation for a different day. A little sneak peek. Uh, a little sneak peek. Frank Sinatra is, an, is a good singer. And he's really. Me watching this movie. <laughs> Realizing he's it today. a singer. <laughs> As a, you know, someone with a lower voice, he, like, is a baritone, and he holds it down. He's, like, not trying to be out yeah. here competing with the high notes, and he doesn't need to, because he's got he doesn't what need to. he has, which is great. Um, that being said, I was swept off of my couch by Marlon Brando, so it's going to be Marlon I mean, for me. Ultimately... Have you seen Streetcar? No, actually. Stay as far away as you can. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, if no. you would like to ever think about any other men in your life, <laughs> never watch Streetcar Named Desire because <laughs> it is debilitating. <laughs> Not debilitation. I, can, I could never think about anything else. I could... <gasps> I think that we're going to have to cut the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's unwell. It is unwell. And I'm unwell. And I'm going to have to go ahead and choose Marlon Brando, I fear. And on that note, um, 
I think we should be logging off and taking care of ourselves. Well, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. No, okay, wait. The four. Frank Sinatra. You, you know al- one of them. Album of the year? Yes. One album of the year three times. You know one of them. Well, I know all of them. Well, that's true. <laughs> so that's not a hint. <laughs> um, it's your number one. It's the girl. And the albums were... Bah, bah, bah. Oh, Michael. No. Clown. Uh, uh, it's my number one. Yes. The number one. The undeniable. Vanessa Hutchins. You. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. <laughs>